Koshkast, coming at you after a week of more emotion than a day with Andy Serkis. We start with the FA Cup final, in which Arsenal exercise some demons and the demon Diego gets some exercise, while Moses can't part the Red Sea, but does see red. There's also Mourinho's greatest victory ever, a crazy final weekend in Serie A, as Totti's retirement sees the most tears in Rome since earlier this week when Donald Trump visited the Pope, And elsewhere, there's the Copa del Rey that everyone definitely cares about, and we'll preview the Champions League final with our special guest, who we'll introduce in a moment. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. I'm here with Bernie Uche, as usual. Back after a sabbatical. Yeah, I say as usual, but you're away a lot, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if people miss me, though. (laughs) I'm sure they do. Anyway, (laughs) it's good to see you. And also joining us today, Raul Cavapoli, uh, Real Madrid fan, journalist, and former podcast host of uh, Merengue Bites. Great to be here, guys. Thank you for joining us. Just so the listeners know, the reason I'm here is because... I invited myself after about three Guinness. I drunk texted the lads. <laughs> said, I'm coming, whether you like it or not, and so I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, it, you know, it's, it's encouraging for people because they, they realize that's all that they need to do. To... <laughs> so people can know that drunk texting is actually not a bad thing. Not always. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think sometimes? Exactly. But for, for more context, um, you know, we've been in touch for a while and you've come out to the Under the Cosh trivia nights yeah. and stuff. So it wasn't completely out of the blue. Not completely, no. Yeah. Well, then how do you get your phone number if it was out the blue? Uh, well, Twitter DMs. Yeah. Ah. They drop tweet. Slide, <laughs> slide in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you also had uh, a Real Madrid blog, um, and you do some work from the English website for Marco, is that right? That's right, yeah. I've been uh, writing for Marco for almost a year now. Started off with different sports, and then they figured out that I knew a lot about Real Madrid, so just I just write about them now. Uh, opinion pieces after every Champions League game. Nice. Uh, I get a lot of friendly comments from, <laughs> from readers. Uh, it's fun. Is okay. So a lot of people know Marca as like the mouthpiece of Real Madrid. Is there, I and mean, we'll get into Real Madrid in a lot more detail. It's later, a good thing Roche is not here. Yes, Roche he hates Marca apparently. <laughs> allegedly, let me say allegedly. But what <laughs> I'm wondering if you can actually tell us is how much pressure is there, if any, to espouse a certain. It's a good question. Well, the thing is, uh, with Marca in Spain, it's a Madrid-based paper, so mm. they're obviously very Real Madrid-biased. But with Marca English, the audience is global La Liga fans, so that's Barca fans as well. Mm. And so if you, if you just keep tooting Real's horn all the time, the Barca fans aren't going to read you. Right. So, <laughs> so Marca English is pretty different. Um, one of the senior editors is a big Barca fan. like He's like president of a Barca fan club in London or something like that. So when I write an opinion piece, I just, the only thing I have to ask is I just have to make sure no one else is writing the same thing. Mm. But there's never been a, hey, don't say mean things about, you know, Isco or Ronaldo, <laughs> or I pretty much just say what I want. And, uh, I'm just going to ask you, don't say mean things about Ronaldo. Like, all right, all right. Let's, let's, I have let's, in the past, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And, and very interesting. Very good to know. And I think that will help, you know, change people's kind of perceptions of Marco, but... Um, yeah, anyway, we're going to start this week, I think, with the FA Cup final, which is definitely where I want to start. Sure. Because um, it's about the only positive thing that Arsenal have done 
in a long time. <laughs> Alex is beaming right now. For people yes. Who can't I, I, I don't know beaming, why, but... you know, it's a tin pot cup, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, coming from you, I know it's going to be rich. We'll get to that. You know, I love that tournament. Yes, um, but listen, we beat Chelsea, hey. right? Um, who who killed the league? Who really should have won this game in terms of form, in terms of you know quality of player and what have you? Um, I was completely surprised. Everyone was. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly thought that Chelsea would obliterate you. Not, not necessarily because I believe Arsenal are poor, which they are, but uh, more because there's such a depleted backline. Mm. You know, with Koscielny K- suspended, Gabriel injured, Mustafi, I believe, injured as well. It meant the absolute useless lump of lard who is per Mertesacker, who, by the way, hold on, <laughs> hold on, by the way, had the best game of his Arsenal career. Because he has been dross, but whatever. He we'll hasn't played all season. What? No, he's been dross his whole career, but whatever. Wow. We'll leave that alone. Anyway, Arsenal had a fantastic performance under the cosh, literally. Yeah. Well, before the game anyway. Yeah. And they put Chelsea under the cosh, and they won the game, deservedly, I would say. Yeah. No, I would yeah. agree. They made Chelsea look pretty poor. So a lot of people were saying after the game, Chelsea didn't turn up. But I think it's because Arsenal... Played well. Every pretty much every individual on the park had a good game. That's and, true. Um, yeah. And it just goes to show that maybe they don't need a complete overhaul, mm. as some people say. They do need obviously a few pieces, but Jaka had a great game. Ramsey. They made Kante look pretty poor. And uh, as an Arsenal fan, you'd think, you know, where was that all season? Because they were very impressive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly the the feeling from most Arsenal fans. Is like we can enjoy this, but. Where was it? And and I agree with you when you say it. It makes you think they don't necessarily need a complete overhaul because, like Mohamed and I have said all season, it's not necessarily the personnel. There are quality, quality players. I know you disagree, Bernie. There are quality players in the Arsenal squad. It's just about coaching and motivation, and that is clearly something that Arsene Wenger has lacked for a long time now. He managed to get them up for this game. He got the tactics right. He got the motivation right, but. It's it's not been there all season. So what is the missing ingredient there? No, it's it's you're right in that it's not necessarily personnel because as I lo- love to harp on, so Alex Ferguson created diamonds out of Tom Cleverley, Johnny Evans, <laughs> you know players like that who we know are not that good, but he brings something out of you that makes you play out of your skin at least while you're right now. Then you leave, then you trash, like Sylvester even who got sold to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. But we won't go there because I'll make you feel bad. But I I, I do think there are quality players at Arsenal, but there are not enough quality players to get you to the promised land where you want to be consistently, which is more than just top four, right? It was supposed to be contending Champions League quarterfinals, possibly semifinals. So the FA Cup is a nice little distraction for a while, mm. but there needs to be some surgery done on that team. It has been a nice little distraction three out of the last four years. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, any anything else to say about Chelsea? They, people, you're right. People said they didn't show up, but they were made to not show up in, in a way. Yeah, um, I just wonder if uh, they underestimated Arsenal in this game because I think maybe even they thought they were going to roll them over. Um, but on the game itself, look, I I think we've had a lot of debates about offside, and <laughs> that goal to me. You know how I feel about the offside rule when the player is already in an offside position mm. and so interfering with play thing or not is extremely confusing. 
to me, that goal should not stand. Because Ramsey is standing in an offside position, fine. Yep. He thinks about yep. kicking the ball. He moves towards the ball. He moves towards it, he thinks about it, and as a goalkeeper, you can only react in a matter of seconds. So the goalkeeper, definitely Courtois, reacts to Ramsey's movements. Ramsey then remembers he's offside, and Sanchez goes in for the goal. If that's not interfering with play, I'm not sure what is. Plus, there was an alleged handball. I'm not really sure. It looked a bit like that. I mean, to but me, th- yeah. that, that goal is, is. I think no, you should not let that goal stand. I, I think there there is enough wrong with that goal at various points <laughs> to disallow it a couple <laughs> of times. But I mean, for me, it never gets to the offside because it's one of the clearest handballs. I'm actually I'm, I'm more uh, forgiving with that handball because he couldn't do a whole lot about it. It was sort of kicked. Onto his arm, um, but the offside—I uh, mean, the rule with uh, interfering with play—you don't have to touch the ball to interfere with play. You just have to impact on an opponent. Is the way the rule book mm-hmm. phrases it, and, and it's pretty clear the way Ramsey moved that he impacted on the goalkeeper. So, um, so it should have stood. But you know, Alexis had a great game, so let him have it. Well, Rahul, let me ask you this because I know we've had this discussion, but I'll be curious to get your your viewpoint. The way the offside rule is, it's supposed to be once the ball leaves the foot of the person passing it. So the whole interfering with play discussion for me is a little weird because if I kick the ball in your direction, but then you just stop and let it go, from the time the ball left my foot, how can the referee judge that it wasn't actually directed at me? And you know, how, how do you feel about that? Do you, pre- do you prefer what it used to be like or what they're doing now? It's, it is hazy and it'll always be hazy. It's just, it's, it's so open to interpretation, you're right. I, th- I think in this Alexa situation, it was... Pretty clear that to me that it shouldn't have been given, but there will always be cases where the way I ascertain whether someone was mm-hmm. interfering with the play is different. If you're just, you can just be standing still and be interfering with the goalie's line of sight, or you could be running around but far away that you're not impacting on anything. So it's, I have no answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That's what we brought you here for. <laughs> but to your point about it being hazy, like you asked, was it better before? It's so hazy that I don't remember what it was before. What it was before is if the ball's in your general direction and you're offside <laughs> and they kick towards you and you're offside, they call offside. Right. I feel like that that was simpler because they changed the rules to give the attackers the benefit of the right. doubt. Remember when they introduced the daylight yes. rule? Yes. Where there had to be what they considered daylight between the attacker and the defender. Which so no that, one sticks to. Yeah, that doesn't. it didn't make any sense. Now if your nose is offside, you're offside. Right. I just feel it should be cut and dry. If the ball is in your direction and you are standing offside, it is offside. I don't, I don't care about the interfering with play thing. It confuses everybody. Or we could follow Marco Van Basten's idea and scrap it altogether. Mm, how did he do as a manager again? <laughs> Terribly. His decision-making skills I don't trust. <laughs> he's just like, he's getting his strikers to just stand on the goal line and just wait for the ball. Um, anyway, yeah, congratulations to Arsenal, even if I say so myself. Um, a very good win. There's a board meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Today is Monday. The board meeting is tomorrow, uh, which will decide apparently the fate of Arsenal. Although I think we all know that he will be there. Yes. No. I think so. Yeah. I mean, now that he's won this FA Cup, it does help. Do you think it might have been a good thing to not win? Uh, the Wenger discussion. Or? It's a legitimate question. I kind of feel like. You would have stayed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I find it interesting. There were some Arsenal fans on Twitter who, who were actually hoping that they got trampled by Chelsea <laughs> because they were, they were taking what they called the long-term view, right? right. That, that would leave the board no choice but to get rid of Wenger. They bring someone else. And I thought, 
You know, as much as you, I think Wenger needs to go. I think hoping your team loses is just a. I, I cannot. I, I can't get down with that. No, I just cannot. No, it's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, also, j- just quickly before we move on, did you hear Arsene Wenger talking about? I think it was an interview before the FA Cup final, and he was talking about the protests and what have you that he's been through this season. And he said, uh, you know, the way that people have treated me is not how a human should be treated, and I'll never forget what happened this year. What's wrong with I just, this man? Um, like, as much as I think he needs to go, my heart just broke. I just, I'm just like, that, that will be one of his memories of coaching Arsenal. Can I give you a counter to that? Yeah, please. A, a little bit before that statement, he said, the Invincibles won whatever number of games it was, and our team won, I think it was one game less or something oh, like it was that. Oh, three, three. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Something like that. We're not that far off. <laughs> Are you joking me? <laughs> and we're back to Sunil. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's enough. Um, your team, Bernie, also won a trophy recently. Yay! Less of a Tim Putt Cup. Well, debatable. Hey, there's more money in Champions League, so it's less of a Tim Putt Cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Europa League final, Manchester United 2, Ajax children nil. Yes. Um, what, you want me to start with this one? Sure. I mean, right. anyone. It, okay. I, I just want to point out that it was a team of children. It was a team of children. I think their centre-back was 17 years old. De- yeah. Delict or whatever. Delete. This game was difficult for me to actually cheer the fact that we won Europa League. Oh, I'll be honest about it. It was very difficult because, A, I I don't like the Europa League. (laughs) I did not enjoy all the Thursday night jokes I got. Does it get us in Champions League? Absolutely. Does it make our season actually a decent season? Yes, it does. Considering we had loftier goals, it's a decent season altogether. But the final, to me, was a complete disgrace. Of a final of a performance for Manchester United. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's a team of children. They are absolutely better than this team. There's no way, shape, or form you can tell me Ajax are better than Manchester United. And they decided to play this soak up the pressure and then counter you thing. Which, people are saying, forget about it, you've won the cup, focus on that. But if this is an indication of what Mourinho plans on doing for the future, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want it. I'm not about that. Raul, what is your opinion on Marouane Fellaini as a number 10? Well, they used him. Well, they, they used Fellaini to bypass that average height, five foot four <laughs> Ajax midfield. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't like him, but he he in a, in a Mourinho team he serves a pretty important role. Uh, and if if uh, if Mourinho doesn't feel he has the personnel to play more free flowing, classic Man United style passing football, then it, it helps to have the the, the, the Afro headed dude in there. Yeah, um, and I will say. Uh, as um, as someone who follows a team that was coached by Mourinho at, at Real Madrid, the first season, his the way that he set up the team to play was pretty disappointing, and it seemed like <laughs> it was just a very pragmatic thing. But in the second season, he really the team started playing. He scored a, much a lot more, of goals. In that scored a lot of goals. Season, right? Broke broke records in the league. Won the league and all that. So so I think Manu fans can be optimistic and and not. Uh, I wouldn't assume that the way they played in the Europa League final will be. The blueprint going forward. I right. think they just felt like you know if we if we take risks and lose against these teenagers and we're out of the challenge, <laughs> it, it would be it would be bedlam. So they did what they had to do. And, yeah, good point. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. And, and Fellaini does serve a purpose. He is like a human vacuum. I think we've said before. Yeah, like just anything he, in the air, just kind of. But can he leave? Yeah. Please, can he please just go? <laughs> he won't leave. He's really he's, like, he's like Wenger at this point. Like I can't get rid of the guy. <laughs> no, it's true. He, he's your plan B. That is your plan A. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And and I, I do I do take your point. You know, next season maybe he does something different. 
um, brings in different personnel. But to me, you have Michael Carrick, who is still better than every single Axe player on the pitch. I don't care who that person is. You have Pogba, you have Herrera, you have a midfield that can pass the ball. They have done this when they actually won, they won more games with Michael Carrick than they did with Fellaini. So, I'm just saying... Didn't you win, like, every game with Michael Carrick? There was a point where we did that, and then... Well, we didn't really lose with Michael Carrick. I think we lost one game. Okay. So, that just kind of tells you really <laughs> what you should be doing. But anyway, we're in the Champions League after finishing sixth. Interesting thing about finishing sixth was after they beat... Actually, even before they beat Chelsea, Marino gave up on the league. And oh, yeah, 100%. Even at that... Because that was a bit of a fluke. But even at that point, United's Champions League berth in top four was in their own hands. So he willingly gave up what was in his own hands to focus on the Europa League. Yeah, I, so I, that was that was a little disappointing to me. I've never seen a manager so publicly and and flagrantly give up on a league campaign before it was even close to being over. Yeah, because against Arsenal and Tottenham, he played a reserve team. I thought that was well his second team, not reserve team, because Wayne Rooney started. Yeah, that's, that's never a good idea. So anyway, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little disappointed, even though I'm optimistic for what the future does hold. Okay, fair enough. And, we'll, and we'll, there, are, there are a couple of uh, transfer rumours involving Manchester United at the moment, which we'll get to in a little bit. But a couple, a couple other pieces of news from the British Isles. One is that Little Huddersfield Town have been promoted to the Premier League. Incredible. Yeah, 170 million game. Wow. Last time they were in the Premier League was the late 60s or something like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Or well, Division 1, I guess. I guess the old uh, yeah. yeah, just the name. It sounds like a place where sheep are herded. I I, I don't. I just oh, don't. guaranteed. Like, is that the Premier League status to you? I don't, well, I'm just trying to think of other. You know, Bournemouth. That, that's a, reti- <laughs> a retirement town with with, with a stadium population Stoke. of eleven thousand. Stoke the Potters. Yeah, Stoke shouldn't be there either. No, I, I'm I'm pleased for Huddersfield because they nearly got relegated from the Championship the season before. Mm-hmm. So they have very Incredible. much pulled a Leicester. Yeah, like. They, they had no resources. They got. I don't know what made them decide to bring David Wagner in, but it clearly was an inspired decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's used that old trick of like coaching to get what's, his team. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> never never heard of it. No. Um, so I think this is really cool. And uh, Yap Stam, as much as I, I like the idea of Yap Stam managing the Premier League, his Reading team were, by all accounts, and this is second hand because I obviously not watched Reading play. Apparently, they were really boring. I don't know. Um, they were all possession plays, uh, possession style football, a little bit Van Hollish, oh. which on Talk Sports, sorry, I listen to them every now and then, they said is not what they expected from uh, the hardest man in football history. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how they play. All right. Well, I mean, listening to Talk Sports is not what I expected of you either. So, that's, yeah, it's free. We'll get disappointed in our own ways. Uh, finally, uh, Celtic. Undefeated in three competitions all season. Mm. The, the League, the Cup, and something else. No, I think the League Cup as well. Okay. <laughs> right. I don't know how many cups there are the in the Scotland. Cup, the Cup League is well. <laughs> <laughs> Four competitions. Um, listen, as much as we could take the piss out of Scotland, and we have and we will and we do, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty bloody impressive, isn't it? No. No. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. It is the, it is, the League has regressed to a point that it's actually... The most horrendous... It's below MLS. Oh, yeah. TFC could win the Scottish League. Yes. Yes, I believe this, 100%. Jovinko scored 50 goals in the league. They definitely do better than Rangers or Hibs or (laughs) anyone. But, but, okay, granted. But, like, 
you'd think that a team would have one bad day. Or, like, how do you motivate a team when they're playing essentially sheep all season? <laughs> like, even just to keep them motivated to winning games is quite impressive, isn't it? Fine. I'll, I'm impressed by the fact that they didn't lose one game in... I think they, were, they didn't lose one game in any of those three competitions. Yeah, no. What about the fourth one? What was that? Champions League or something? No, that's next season. What, what, what did they... They win every single competition in Scotland? Yeah. All right, fine. That's impressive then. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. So are they direct in the Champions League next season? Or yes. Qualifying? Yeah. Direct. Oh, well, I assume Scotland gets one direct place, no? I, I think they should ban them from <laughs> the Champions League and put them in Europa for being so terrible. Well, you remember what Brendan Rodgers did last time he was in the Champions League with Liverpool? Nothing. He rested players against Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah. Steven Gerrard didn't play it and then wanted to leave. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite impressive. Um, anyway, so Brendan Rodgers will probably do one more year there and then get linked to a big job in England. Which he, I hope he does not get because he's clearly not the man for a big Premier League job. Okay, I think the next one decides it, because I, th- I still think he did pretty well at Liverpool. Anyway, um, transfer rumours. Everyone's favourite thing, yep. apart from Boney, who hates them. Um, I don't hate them as much as you do, actually. Fair. Mohamed loves them. He loves them. So we're doing this for Mohamed. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll start um, with Bernardo Silva. Well, this isn't a rumour, this is done. Mm. He left Monaco, he's joined Manchester City. Raul, have you seen him play this season? Have you seen yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of Monaco this season, and he's a really good player, but they have a lot of players that do what he does at Man City. Um, I don't know if Pep's planning to shift someone out, but he's, he's a really good player, and I think the price was, what, 45 million euros, something like that? It's a good price for a 22-year-old who's uh, shown he can do it in the Champions League, and uh, Pep's obviously decided to move early. Um, with transfers um, I'm sure we'll get to the other Man City transfers Rahul since you've watched Monaco a lot is he I mean right now they have De Bruyne Sterling uh, Silva sometimes goes out there is he better than any or well Sterling is better than I know that but is, <laughs> yeah. is, is he how, how good is he in comparison to, to maybe Silva and, and De Bruyne well I don't think he's at their level yet but he could be in a couple of years um, I think Sterling is the guy who should be worried mm-hmm. um because uh, Bernardo can play anywhere across the attacking midfield line. He could play wide. How do you mention Sané, who had a great, true, oh, yeah. great season Sané. as well? Does he does he does he get into the start? Does Bernardo Silva start for sixty million pounds or whatever whatever it was? Does he start at Man City? It's a tough one. I, I think it's so hard to know when someone's coming to the Premier League, especially how mm. they'll how they'll cope. Yeah, uh, but it, it's hard to say. It um, he's, he's not. He could give Sonny a run for his money, I think. Mm. Slightly different skill set. He's not as quick. Mm. He's not as nimble. More of a, a creative passer. type. Yeah, yeah mm. more of a creative type. So, But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think... Th- I-, I completely agree that they seem to have his skill set already, especially in David Silva. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's a bit funny because they're both called Silva, but mm. like they-, they are very similar players. Left-footed, creative. Obviously, Bernardo's faster because he's you know, 15 years younger at something at this point. <laughs> but it's... Um, I think perhaps the idea is that the fact that they have these other creative guys there takes pressure off him. Because mm-hmm. if he comes in and they don't have those guys, then he's got to deliver immediately. But mm-hmm. he can come off the bench for six months, kind of work his way into the team. I, I think you're right. Long term, this is a brilliant signing. And it's something like City haven't really bought young players very well mm-hmm. until Guardiola took over. Now they're starting to do it with Jesus, with Bernardo Silva. Um, I don't know. I, I like it. Well, he, he's gotten rid of Jesus Navas. But he still has, well, even though he became a wingback towards the end, but he still has <laughs> men, you know, too many attacking midfielders now at this point. I don't think Sterling is easy to get rid of. 
So he probably stays there. Maybe Nolito goes because he's he's thirty one now. He's going. Nolito goes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's that's he's gonna shift him and then ha- well, he wants a, a bigger squad. Perhaps maybe that's the idea. Also, yeah. um, we all know that Pep's wet dream is to play play a team with ten attacking midfielders <laughs> yes. at the same time. So maybe this is a step towards uh, the the zero ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I could actually see like I could see him trying to play De Bruyne as a central midfielder. Like, if someone has to drop back, out of all the players we've mentioned, if someone has to drop back yeah. in central midfield, it's him. Yeah, it's just, I, I mean, oh, that, like is, a waste. that is way too deep for me. I love the Bruyne. I think the Bruyne is a yeah. fantastically, just technically gifted player. That seems like a waste to me, and that also seems like in the Premier League, you will be overrun. I just, oh, Pep, don't, don't. I think he needs to hunker down, mm. and he has brilliant players just keep it a little bit simpler and you will win the league I promise you Pepe you win the league just don't do don't go full hipster please don't do it fair enough I, I should just say for Roche who's not here Roche thinks he will fail I'm just I'm just saying Pep I, or, or Bernardo oh Pep oh. yeah is there any argument there it depends what that means I, I think I think failure means he doesn't win the league and he doesn't advance them to a Champions League contender because that's what Manuel Pellegrini was sacked because they could not make that extra step towards Champions League contention. They brought Pep Guardiola in specifically for that. So Pep's standards are higher, as Mohamed likes to say, and I agree with that. So failure is not making this team a Champions League contender, which they won't be next season. That's, that's not going to happen. Will they win the league? I think they're favorites too, based on what I've seen them do in the market already. Fair enough. And speaking of, of Manchester City in the market, Edison, the Portuguese... No, he's Brazilian. Right, Brazilian. Brazilian keeper who played for Benfica. This is going to be a world record signing for a goalkeeper yes. at thirty-six, seven million, something like that. Um, taking over from Buffon, which is a bit funny. It's it's funny because this guy has no Brazilian caps. He plays in Portuguese league. Yeah, yeah. David de Gea and Keylor Navas, or and Courtois, and maybe even Czech are all superior goalkeepers to the guy. Are you really, really telling me that this guy is going to be it? I don't want Pep. Pep should stop experimenting like this. Like, <laughs> it's, it's bugging me. I feel like he's a chemist and he's just trying things all the time and sees what Expensive happens. Expensive things, like, too. It's, oh, I don't know. Have you seen him play? Uh, I hadn't heard of him until last week. Fair so enough. This, this is a out-of-the-blue big hipster transfer pick. You know, no idea what to say. You just I, have to get a close look at this dude and... See what Scary, because we got a close look at Bravo and he turned out to be trash. Well, Imagine the guy that we don't see. <laughs> and the, the only thing I can say for Edison is that uh, allegedly he's got the longest kick in football. That's Which, good for a tiki taka. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, great for passing possession. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it should be interesting. And the thing is, though, at least he's admitting his mistake in Bravo. Yes. There is that. Yes. He could have been stuck. He, he pretended to be stubborn about Bravo this season. But clearly, like, he realized that that was a... Expensive mistake. Yeah. Because that was no cheap goalkeeper. No. But then he has to shift Joe Hart as well. So that's another thing he has to think about. That's actually more difficult because I don't know who takes Joe Hart. Southampton? Fraser Foster. He was trash. Yeah, but... (laughs) Liverpool? Klopp's already said no. Yeah, because he loves Mignolet. (laughs) Everton? They need a keeper, but I think they're signing uh, Pickford. Oh, really? Yeah. So Sunderland need a goalkeeper then? I honestly, I genuinely can't. I, who takes? I don't know. It's, anyone it's, in Spain? No, <laughs> don't see it. No, MLS. <laughs> MLS. TFC. It's time. <laughs> I, I genuinely think TFC have a better, two better keepers. 
Anyway, um, let's go to Atletico Madrid because Griezmann has obviously been linked with Manchester United forever <laughs> at this point, or it feels like it. It looked for a long time like it would be pretty much nailed on. Mm-hmm. He said a couple of weeks ago he'd rate, he'd rate it 6 out of 10 likely to happen. Mm-hmm. But then now it looks like Simeone is actually staying. And in the past, Griezmann has said, I will stay if Simeone is there. Griezmann has been doing this dance in Manchester United for the whole season. He said David Beckham was his hero. He posted a picture of himself in the United kit, which we clearly know is not... Like, he's making eyes at the club. He, he's talked openly about wanting to play with Paul Pogba, and Paul Pogba has been doing the Agent Paul thing. And then he came <laughs> out with this 6 out of 10 statement. So it could be a contract um, negotiation tactic, or it could be, you know, he's legitimately interested in playing for Manchester United. The interesting thing about this is it's not a difficult transfer in actuality. No. There is a release clause. It is there. If United pay the release clause and he's willing to, to go, it's done. So I'm con- there's something going on that I, I just can't put my finger on right now because it should be done and dusted in reality. True. And Raul, what, what do you think? I know it's not your side of Madrid, but... Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's genuinely torn, Griezmann. I, I think if Manu didn't win the Europa League, he I mean, definitely would stay at Atleti another year. I think right now he's, he's thinking, what can I win? He's thinking about the short term, like next season, what happens next season? Atletico will be, I think, a contender in the Champions League next season if he stays and Simeone stays. Manu probably won't be next season, their first season back. Maybe he's thinking another season with Simeone in the new stadium, try and do it in the Champions League, and then there's a World Cup in 2018, and after that World Cup, make a big money move to Manu, who would then be a better team two years down the road. That could be in his mind, but it's. I'd, I'd put my money on him staying mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm happy, even though I'm a Real fan. It's it's great to have Griezmann in the league, and it's fun to have a strong Atletico Madrid in, in the league. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time before he goes to Manu, but it might be 2018. I I agree with you. He doesn't have to leave right now. He really doesn't. No. There is no urgency. It's a new stadium. You know, we all know Simeone will leave there. So, and probably when he leaves there, the whole the cookie's gonna crumble, right? So he can wait a bit. If I if not if I'm in playing good match tonight, <laughs> but he can wait. There is no urgency. I'm just wondering if he's thinking to himself long term. As up and down as United have been, they are still a powerhouse monetarily that they can. If they, it's a matter of if they get transfers right. Yes. Atletico, you just don't feel they're going to make those moves to get to that point. But United, no matter how bad they go, they can still get it right because they have the financial backing, and that might be a thought in his mind. And the other thing is that I, I can't imagine that he'd be wild about playing for Jose Mourinho, but you know, he can guarantee that Mourinho probably won't be there for more than two, three years. Yeah. So that's mm. you know, comforting, yeah. if anything. But I think, Raul, I think you're right that he's probably genuinely torn because we've seen him say stuff about, I don't really fancy living in England because the weather is shit. Yeah, he did I mean, say that. Yeah, so I think you know, he loves his life in Madrid, and I think you're right. I think he has to really be convinced that the move is worthwhile. He's also talking a bunch of nonsense because... You pointed this out. In where he, when he did say United is a 6 out of 10, he said it's all about winning, whether that's in England or Germany or China or the US. <laughs> so I thought, what are you talking that, about? That's branding. That's just that's <laughs> absolute Griezmann global marketing. Well, he's limited. a head and shoulders brand ambassador. Yeah. So. Is he? He is. And shampoo ads. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the, when he did the hotline bling dance, I think I that, that was, was actually him. Wasn't like, that Lynx? I thought that was... Whatever that was. He was doing... Oh, well, that was the one who was flying the plane and doing yeah. this thing? Doing the dance? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 
That was actually one of the best football-related adverts I think I've ever seen. By the way, I, I was at a wedding this weekend and they played Hotline Bling and Mohan and I were doing the Griezmann <laughs> dance the whole time and he said, this is you guys at Old Trafford next season. I said, shut up, we're at a wedding, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, speaking of Old Trafford, uh, Ivan Perisic, Inter Milan wide forward? Is that a fair categorization? I'd say so, yeah. Wide attacker. Uh, I'm not sure why you want him, but apparently you do. I need one of you guys to start on this because I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be so angry. All right, I'll I'll give you the facts. He's 28. Yes. He's quite good. Uh, And he'll cost you about 40 million. 40 million? That's a disgrace. Probably Euros, right? But still. It's a disgrace. I will say he's gotten me a lot of points in uh, fantasy football. (laughs) Every two years, he does well for for Croatia. Because I I like Croatia a lot among the European teams and I tend to watch them quite a bit. And he's really good in the tournaments. He had, he had a good Euro. I mean, he's, he's good every two years. I don't know what he does in between. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they finished 10th or something, so yeah. he's, he's probably not, you know. It, it, it infuriates me because he's a good player. Undoubtedly, he's yeah. a good player. But again, we said he's 28. You already bought a 28-year-old who was unbelievable in, in Bundesliga. Mkhitaryan. Who is a superior player to Perisic. On the other end of that, you already have Marcus Rashford, who you've already shunted to the wing because you want to make space for Ibrahimovic. They're bringing in a striker. That's probably where Rashford has to play. Do you want to stunt Rashford, who is going to have a great future, to play Perisic? And Martial. And Martial. That makes no sense to me. Those two players have a higher ceiling than Perisic will ever have. Why don't you do your job, Jose Mourinho, and develop those two guys into the world beaters that they can be instead of Perisic? That makes no sense. See, I, I completely agree with you. On the other hand, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like, I think you can bring him in as a good squad option. The problem is the, the kind of... There's, there's a, a tension between paying $40 million for a squad option. But it's kind of what you have to do these days. Like, it, I, don't, I don't know. But the other thing is, like, if he, sells, if he moves Mata on... I don't know, I guess Lingard's staying there because he just signed a five-year contract. But if, if, one or two, if, if one or two go, like, I can just see him being a decent option. It's just an expensive one. I don't know. I don't think you need to pay $40 million for the squad option when you have a big enough squad. I just don't see it. If you told me you're going to buy uh, a 23-year-old you know, Bernardo Silva, mm. I could understand it. Because <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a ceiling there. I can understand that. But I cannot understand it with Perisic. Well, Bernardo's only 5 million more, so, you know. Now you're making it worse. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, th- um, I think, I have a feeling Perisic is going to have a very good season and you might be singing a different tune. All right. I just have a feeling. I'm very a, stubborn. Believe me. He could even win the Ballon d'Or. I hate him. <laughs> I, I like him, actually. He's, he's good. He's, he's different from your Rashfords and Martial. He's not as cultured, I guess, technically, but he's more of a touchline-hugging type player. Stretches the field. Uh, it's a lot of money for him, for mm. sure. But yeah. the market is insane now. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, let, let's clip that little bit, and then we'll save it. And in a year's time, we'll see where, where we are. Whether I like him or not. <laughs> yes. um, last last rumor, well, again, not a rumor. Um, Valverde is the new Barcelona manager, um, f- moving over from Bilbao. Um, Raul, you'll know more about him than we will uh, watching the Liga every week. But um, what, what, what are your initial thoughts on this? I think more than anything, he's the right personality fit for Barca right now. Because uh, in Luis Enrique, they had a really prickly character. No one seemed to like him. And, and Guardiola, even when he was in Spain, was sometimes a pretty touchy, irritable character. But he was mm. tactically very good and he had a bigger idea. 
uh, Luis Enrique didn't have that. He just had the the, the, the douchebag side. <laughs> uh, so I think with Valverde coming in, he's he's very similar to Carlo Ancelotti in the way he treats his players and the way he lines his team up. He gives his players a lot of freedom. He doesn't um, overburden them with tactical stuff. And uh, I think his main challenge will be how to build a team around this new Messi position where he's basically doing everything in, in, in the central uh, patch of the field, picking mm-hmm. up the ball deep. But then that leaves a big hole on the right flank, and with, without Dani Alves, they've suffered. And so that's that's his big challenge. I, I think he's an excellent pick. He knows the league well. He knows the club. He played for Barca a couple of seasons. Um, didn't do anything special, but he does know the club. And uh, I, I think he's a good signing. And it just remains to be seen if he gets the kind of backing in the transfer market to get who he wants, as opposed to being told to sign someone. So um, right. I think it's a smart signing. For so him. Let, let me ask this question. You, you know, you said. Uh, Pep has a prickly side about him, and uh, which we've seen in press conferences in England, which are hilarious. Luis Enrique has a bit of douchebag in him. Do Barcelona need that to win titles? Because Tata Martino was a do-whatever-the-hell-you-want type of manager, especially in regards to you know, Messi, and they, well, I think it was the first time in years they didn't win anything. Do And, I mean, Tito was a tactical genius behind Guardiola, apparently. Well, Apparently, this is what people said. Okay, this is saying that Tata was <laughs> was tactic. So even if he wasn't a pr- yeah. uh, prickly character, which I don't know about, maybe you can tell me that. That's that that kind of is a wash. But is Valverde being more low key and chill? Is that good for them, or is he actually also a tactic tactically astute as well? No, he is very tactically astute. He's done good things <clears> with <throat> Athletic Bilbao, and uh, I, I don't think him being chill will will affect the Barca players in that it'll make them complacent or anything. There's a lot of winning mentalities in that team. Mm-hmm. Messi, even though he's he's already a footballing god, he still tries really hard and he hates losing. And you have guys like Suarez and Pique. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think motivation, especially after what they've gone through this season, seeing Madrid win the league and possibly a double, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that'll be uh, an issue for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's just a manager who keeps it simple and uh, he'll get on well with the players and then and then it's up to them to deliver. So when you say tactically astute, is he someone that kind of adapts to the players he has, or does he have a, a kind of overriding ideology that he tends to try and mold his teams to? Well, at Athletic Bilbao, he's definitely molded his tactics to the players he had. Um, they don't have a big catchment because they only play Basque players, and they do have a few technical players, but they they also play very pretty English style, and he has lined lined them up to to express themselves at, at what they're good at. And I think he'll do the same at Barca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll make them, he'll move away from the sticky taka thing, but give them an identity which Luis Enrique just didn't give them. Like they were just uh, Barca this season was just carried by three players up front. Right. Well, it was and, it uh, was literally messy. Yeah. And then the other guys, if they if they decide to chip in, that was yeah. fine. He was unbelievable this, this was, year. Yeah, it, it might have been insane. his best season ever. Possibly, and yeah. he won't still win the Ballon d'Or even though it was his best season. Yeah. So. No, I, I think the I think you're right, and I think the the main mission for Valverde this season will be to to rework the midfield somehow so that it becomes functional again. Because yeah, you're right. They just relied on the front three. The defense is what the defense is for Barcelona, but the midfield just wasn't contributing. They mm-hmm. weren't defensively solid. They weren't particularly contributing creatively. Messi was having to do that too. So if he can fix that, the front three takes care of itself, and then you know the. The rest of it will, will be fine. Anyway, um, that's enough of that. Let's do Moomoo of the Week. <laughs> I do Moomoo. 
One thing where I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. All right, thanks for joining us for another segment of Mumu of the Week. Yes. And for those who don't know, a Mumu is a fool, an idiot, a dumbass. And we like to highlight those uh, that dumbasses who do things off the pitch. Because on the pitch is easy. You know, just talk about Charlie Adam all, all day. <laughs> but off the pitch, there's some special ones. Um, hmm, Jose, special one. Anyway, yeah, well. um, actually, he's a mumu for putting number three up uh, after oh, in celebration of the Europa League. But big time. We can go on about that. Hang on, let me do it now. All right, fine. Not only not only for him doing it, but instructing his players to do it. Yeah, and none of them did it because they were confused <laughs> as to how many trophies they actually won. Two, or in my case, one and a half. Um, Pathetic. But, but anyway, we're taking time away from epic mumus. Um, the one I have for you is Guillermo Varela. For two incredible pieces of nonsense in, in one week. Um, <laughs> the one that we should highlight first is uh, United won Europa League and he wanted to um, celebrate with his teammates on social media as you do. Mm. And when you do such a thing, you post a picture of yourself. Not ever anyone else who actually won it or a picture of the Europa League trophy, but of himself. And he picked a picture of Ozil scoring a goal and he's in the background of that picture. Yeah. And he got absolutely obliterated on Twitter for this. You know who else is in the background of the picture? Hmm. Morgan Schneider, <laughs> who also doesn't play for Manchester United. It's quite incredible choice. I, 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 who picked that picture? Does he have a PR person? Because I know we keep all of the movements that we talk about, we always say that PR person should be fired. Yeah. Is that a case of this? Do you, I'm not sure he's got the status for a PR person yet. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, and he gets another Mumu mention, which probably puts him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, for first time of twice in a week. Um, so he was instructed specifically by his uh, club, well, loan club, Eintracht Frankfurt, yes. not to get a tattoo. They heard through the grapevine that he wanted to get a tattoo, and they said, do not get this tattoo. <laughs> it's against our policy for reasons such as inflammation. Mm. He went and did it anyway, which is dumb if you ever want to play football for that club again. Yes. And apparently they were going to renew his loan, but he did, and then they said we're cancelling your loan and turned out what did he get? An infection! <laughs> this is amazing. I mean it's one thing to do it if you work in an office and you're going to be wearing shirts all the time but like given the amount of time footballers spend naked or at least topless like yeah, I get it football players get tattooed all the time but you were specifically told <laughs> not to do was, this. Was it a good tattoo though? Was it worth it? I, I haven't seen it. I well, hope it's might, yeah. hope it's not like of his like girlfriend or something well, and like then some it's random, a double waste. Mandarin characters. <laughs> <laughs> love, yeah. live, love. <laughs> and then gets it wrong. Amazing. Alright, Raul, you've got one. Yeah, number two is uh, Rodrigo Palacio who people will remember for that really weird haircut that he has where he has oh, this yeah. like little tail. He's like oh. kind of bald with a little ponytail. It's yeah. kind of weird. He has a string it's like when a, a dog takes a shit and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't drop all the way out, it just stays there. Oh anyway, that's, that's not why we're uh, getting him. But he, uh, um, he played his last game for Inter Milan after five years there. Mm -hmm. And he paid tribute to them and said, you know, it's been a glorious time. I've been playing for the best club in the world. <laughs> this is a guy who hasn't scored a single goal this season. <laughs> So the fact that he was allowed to play for this team for five years means they probably aren't the best team in their city, let alone <laughs> the league. I don't believe we could put that any better than that. No. That was glorious. That's absolutely perfect. Rodrigo Palacio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Inter Milan at the same time. 
Um, all right, last one for this week is uh, someone who hasn't been mentioned in a while because I think he kind of sodded off to Mets in France for a bit mm-hmm. to uh, live the quiet life. But Benoit Asuakoto. So Harry Redknapp t- takes over as manager at Birmingham mm-hmm. and obviously tries to get players he's already managed because yeah. that's all he ever does. And he said that he wants to try and get Asuakoto in to play left back for Birmingham. Um, turns out, though, Asuakoto had other aspirations, <laughs> wanting to be a porn star. And so Redknapp is on record of saying, like, he needs to decide what he wants to do, and uh, I hope that I can get him for a year before he does porn. Okay, so, what? This is completely ridiculous mm. and amazing at the same time. Mohan believes that Harry Redknapp is the move for trying to sign him in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do take that point, although Asuakoto was really good for Redknapp at Spurs, so I can get the kind of emotional attachment Plus, Redknapp tends to do well with these crazy kinds of characters. He, I think yeah. he kind of likes it. It's there's sort of his cup of tea. It's true. He likes he likes the crazy ones. That's I true. hope the move happens. Yeah, he can still do porn a year later. <laughs> exactly, he can do porn while he plays. Well, I mean, you say that, but Mohanad has uh, contributed remotely by sending us the latest Benoit Asuakoto quote, which says, uh, "I do not have the necessary qualities to become a porn star." I mean, there's only one. Do we want to go any further with that? I don't think we need to, but. <laughs> Thinking of, thinking of something, not going to say it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I it's, think a, it's a kid that. show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's take it offline. Happy <laughs> Momo. One thing we are no sha, Momo no fit sleep forever. One day, Momo go wake up. All right, a little bit of uh, Serie A now, because the final weekend was last weekend. Mm-hmm. What a great sentence that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was magical. It was absolutely magical for a number of reasons. Primarily, Totti's retirement. Yes. I mean, I think we've all seen these scenes. It, it was... Okay, let's start with the game. Mm-hmm. Roma and Napoli have been in this two-horse race for second mm-hmm. um, throughout the season. And it's been, for the last, I think, month or so, it's been one-point difference. And they both just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. And it came down to the final day of the season... Napoli were 3-0 up against Sampdoria at half-time. Mm-hmm. They were bang on it. And, and if you haven't seen the goals, go and watch them because they were absolutely stunning. Insignia, Calahon and Hamsik, just absolutely brilliant goals. But the point being, Roma weren't winning. In fact, they were 1-0 down because uh, Cagliari have some 16-year-old who scored a goal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the James Milner of yeah, Serie A. Real Madrid will sign for 55 <laughs> Very, very yeah. soon. Yes. Um, Roma came back um, Dzeko scoring the equaliser De Rossi putting them ahead Cagliari then score with 10 minutes to go mm-hmm. and so we're into this final few minutes Napoli a second in the table as it mm-hmm. stands and Totti has been on the pitch for about I think he came on like 50 something minutes mm-hmm. usually Spalletti leaves it later but I guess he felt the pressure on this one right. and uh, then in I think a couple minutes left and Diego Perotti scores the winning goal 3-2 to Roma they secure second place and at that point, the party starts. Mm-hmm. And Totti, after the game, does a, a lap of honour and makes a speech. And everyone is just crying. Yeah. It's, you know what? And, and we, we felt that. We were in Rome last season, uh, watching Roma Torino. They were literally yelling, <laughs> we want Totti to come on, uh, singing the Il Capitano song. And there was a woman... I don't remember oh. this. I don't. She came. From, I don't remember. She came from France or something. Somewhere. She's a Totti fan, and she came by herself 
in a Tati jersey and she asked us at the beginning of the game, is he playing? And we said no. We actually thought he wasn't even on the team sheet. She started crying. Oh. She came just to see Tati. And then we realized we, were, we made a mistake and we told her she got excited and then he came on and scored two to win that game. In the last minute. In the last minute. And the tears came streaming down her face. The people in the stadium were just singing. And I remember in the cab, we heard people just, almost like a procession was going on. That's how much this man means to Roma. And it's just, it's, it really is sad because you will never see another, you know, for us, we had the Ryan Giggs, you, you had the Raouls, this is your thought. It's not, not going to happen again. And, and that's what that means, even more so than the Roma connection. Yes. No, I mean, I, I've honestly, I, we've seen emotional send-offs before, but I don't know that I've seen anything like this. No, no, no. I mean, just everyone crying. Yeah, it was kind of like one of those scenes in North Korea when Kim Jong-il dies. <laughs> Except there they forced him to cry. Here it was really, really genuine. All the players crying. Rache celebrating crying. somewhere. He and loves uh, North Korea. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. It's, uh, it, it literally, he's a god in Rome. Yeah. And, um, I have a funny Rome story. When I was a kid, we, we went to Rome uh, with my family. And my older brother is a Juventus fan. And he decided to wear his Juve jersey. just to. He must have been like 14, 15 at the time. And we were boarding a flight in Rome Airport, and he was wearing a Juventus jersey. And the the security guy actually asked my brother, "He's like, why are you wearing a Juve jersey? You're in Rome." And he, he wasn't. He had the serious look, and he had he flipped his ID badge on, and there was a photo of Totti. Oh, <laughs> like, whoa! This is this is next level. That's amazing. But uh, yeah, we won't see this again because even if there's another player who wants to remain loyal, you can't last. 25 years in the modern game mm-hmm. it's just impossible yeah. so that's really the more touching aspect it feels like an era is well and truly over in football and it's uh, it's kind of sad I agree it's true we'll get onto your brother being a Juventus fan <laughs> that, that's we're not <laughs> yeah. going to forget about that yes. that, that, that sets us up for something very interesting later on yes. absolutely in, in just a few minutes a, a little bit uh, a little bit more Serie A to get through um, Torino 5 Sassuolo 3 only interesting because, well, there's a lot of goals for one, but also mm. Joe Hart's last game. Did he um, get a lap of honour for that? No, I can't imagine he yeah. did. They were crying tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure they were. And other people crying tears of joy. Tiny Crotone. I don't mm. know if you read about this. This is mental. I mean, we mentioned their run of form on the pod in the last few weeks. They've taken almost maximum points from the last few months of the season, despite only having, like, nine points after the first half of the season. Mm. Um, to... To avoid relegation on the last day, they had to win and Empoli had to lose in a game against Palermo, mm. who had nothing to play for. Mm. And it all happened. They beat Lazio. Crotone beat Lazio 3-1, which is nuts because Lazio have been brilliant this season. And uh, Palermo beat Empoli, even though they had absolutely no reason to, <laughs> which is not usually how it goes in Italy. It's, so, just, fu- it's just funny to me because Lazio got beaten by something you put in your salad. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's true. But anyway, an absolutely remarkable comeback story there. And, uh, you know, they'll probably get relegated next season. But it's, it's, it's good while it lasted. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Um, very briefly, Copa del Rey. None of us have seen it. Mm. Messi scored, assisted a couple, mm. you know. He did messy things. Yeah. yeah. Move on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now we'll get to the, to the, the heart of what uh, Rahul is here for. Um, Champions League is on Saturday? Yep. Saturday. Yes. yes. Saturday. All right. We will all be uh, watching. And as a Real Madrid fan, Raul, how are you feeling about this? Uh, it's a really special time for us right now. 
Um, I've been. I wanted the league more than the Champions League this season, and now that we have the league, the thought of a double is just brilliant because we've never done that at least since like the fifties. And uh, I'm excited, nervous. It's it's just a great feeling. It's like what you what you support a team for. So I'm not taking it for granted because I remember the days when we couldn't get past around the sixteen. Uh, for f- like five seasons in a row, mm, so God. I'm pretty confident. I think the team's in great shape physically, uh, going into a Champions League final for the first time in, in the last few years. And Sorry, Rahul, you just killed me. You went from, uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, we we didn't make the round um, round of sixty. I'm like, mate, we can't even make it. Right, there's two guys who've been suffering here. Take it easy. Uh, it's all relative. <laughs> So I'm curious as to what you think. I mean, Real Madrid have won the Champions League twice in the last three years. Mm. How do you feel this team ranks compared to... Obviously, they need to win to be on par on paper. But in terms of how they play and, and how competent they are, how do, how do they compare? You mean with the, the last two, the recent Champions League winning teams? Yeah. They're definitely better. Because uh, there's more depth, there's more variety. The, the, there's a coach who's willing to give uh, give uh, squad players responsibility and they have a lot of options in the way they can beat teams they can kill you on the break they're great in the air uh, if you put an extra midfielder they're great with bossing possession they can do it all it's just a matter of picking the right system for the right opponent and that's where um, Juve presents a big challenge because they can play in a lot of different ways too and they're well organized so I would say even before the finals play this is definitely a better team better squad than last season or the, the 2014 one and uh, hopefully they can go on and go on and do it. It's interesting because you, I, I think you're right in that they're they're probably better than the last you know the last season that, that they won. And what's interesting to me is that they've come into an incredible amount of form in the last I don't know month or two so with Ishko, Ronaldo. You know, all of them have actually been playing really really well recently, led by those two guys. And typically Real Madrid have stuttered. I think it was Ancelotti's season where they were they were leading and then they gave it away. Last season, they were close, but not quite there. But this season, they really stepped it up towards the end. And they've the last two finals that they've won against Atleti were under interesting circumstances, right? The first mm-hmm. first one, they didn't play well. Then they won 4-1, but that was... Un, they did not deserve to win 4-1. Yeah. Last one, penalties and anything could have happened there. This one, you almost feel like they should win because they're in such good form. But they're coming up against a team that is... Tactically, almost perfection yes. in Juventus, and if they if you lose, you feel really bad because this is an amazing team. But you're coming up against, for me, the best team that they could have probably faced. Yes, yeah. and and not to be harsh on Atleti because they put together incredible teams that that made it to two Champions League finals despite being vastly out resourced by other clubs, and they're very difficult to play against. But you know exactly what you're going to get from Atleti. Mm-hmm. And and thus you can come up with ways to to counter it. With Juve, they can do everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do an Atleti like 10, 11 men behind the ball for an hour if they wanted to. But they also can attack with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it, yeah, you're right. It just provides a completely different challenge. And considering that, you know, as you know, better than anyone... With your was it eleven? I think he he's got this shirt. <laughs> I need a new right. shirt. After this. Is, 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 how many is that? I can't, this I, is I believe eleven. My I I hate that. <laughs> so he's got a shirt on with the eleven European trophies that rounded a one. Yeah. So he knows better than anyone except for the first six, which we don't count because they were rubbish. Uh, it's you cannot in Champions League era, no one's ever defended it. No, true. People have gotten their back to back, like my 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 
gang of Manchester United back to back, but they didn't win it, which kind of makes you feel that Juventus are going to win this. But if there's a team that can break that hoodoo, it is Real Madrid, right? Yeah, I'd say so. In, in a weird way, there's more pressure on Juventus in a sense because like all these all the players in this Madrid squad have won the Champions League except for like Asensio. I think he's, he might be maybe like one other player, and. It's a very young squad, and I think a lot of the guys will know that they might get a chance to appear in another Champions League final in the next few years. Juventus is a pretty old squad. Buffon is desperate for a Champions yeah. League, and it's difficult to make the final. And in a, like if Madrid lose, it will be, of course, very disappointing, but it will still, still feel like a great season. Whereas for Juventus, even though they've had a great season, they want that Champions League so bad. And I, my hope as a Madrid fan is that that pressure sort of gets to them. Whereas Madrid, the one thing they have is they have this ridiculous belief that they are going to win a game, even if they're at 3-0 down. They yeah. generally believe that they will win. And I hope it's that sort of abstract psychological thing that helps that you have. We have a team full of players who know how to win, know how it feels to win the Champions League. This brings up an interesting question. You're absolutely right, spot on. Juventus have been building for winning the Champions League. They completely showed two sides of their game against Barcelona. Yeah. I've not seen anyone do that to Barcelona in years, what they did. Yeah, I don't care if it's this version well, or another PSG one. for 45 minutes. But yeah, yeah, well, yes, exactly. Um, these guys kept it up for the whole time. <laughs> um, Iguain, coming back to his old team, 94 million specifically brought in to do this. To be fair, they might not recognize him in his current state. Yeah, fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> a few pounds. He's big boned, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, it's a weird one, Iguain. I have a weird feeling he might hurt us. He's been a big game flop his entire club career. And you just know this could be the game <laughs> where he... It's true. It is um, true, though. I should say I have a special affection for Higuain because he was the first player to play for Real Madrid who was born after I was. And when I was a kid, I always thought, you know, I'm going to feel old when someone turns up wearing the white jersey who's younger than me. And mm-hmm. Higuain was the first. And he was great for Madrid, but just big games never delivered. And now it, it, it would just be a crazy story if he scored a brace against us in the final in, yeah. in his sort of... Fat, fatty, fattier state. In his Elvis face. Um, <laughs> so. The other question this brings up is, are you and your brother on speaking terms right now? Since he's a Juventus fan, are, are you guys okay? Uh, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> there, there's a lot of geographical distance between us, which helps. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, Juventus is a great club. It's like a club that I can't hate. Whereas, like, you know, as a Madrid fan, I kind of hate Barca a little bit. Of there's course. respect, but there's hate. With Juventus, it's just, if they win, I can't begrudge like Buffon and Chiellini of this world. So that gives this final a different feel for me than, than the last two. Mm, fair. Um, so uh, one player that, that links the two clubs is um, Alvaro Morata. And I wanted to ask you, every time I see Morata play, I'm very impressed. But he obviously doesn't play that much. And that's been the case at Real Madrid the first time, at Real Madrid the second time, and at Juventus, where he was he contributed, but only part-time, really. So what, what do you think of it? Is he, what is the reason that he doesn't secure a starting spot he's obviously only played in teams where there's massive competition but is he good enough to start for a club of, of this level or what happened to him in the summer I think he is good enough to play to start for a Real or any club but it's just the you have to sort of build the attack around him if, if you play him I think his misfortune is that at Madrid both spells and Juventus they he went into teams that had a predefined attacking style and he wasn't the optimum fit to start and at Real, you know, Real fans keep complaining about, you know, Benzema is like, 
keeping Morata out, we should sell Benzema. But it's not so much Benzema, it's more Ronaldo, I think, who's mm. keeping Morata out, especially in terms of going forward the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronaldo's becoming more of a centre-forward. He's just so much more clinical than Morata. Morata runs a lot, but he's not as clinical in front of goal. Um, if it was up to me, I would find a way to keep him because he's only 24, and mm-hmm. I just know in two or three years he'll score a hat-trick against us in the Champions League and he'll feel yeah. stupid. Do you think yeah. it makes him a, a better fit for the Premier League, let's say? I think he'd be great. His style of play? He's strong, he's good in the air, he's fast, he likes to run a lot. Um, he he could do it in the Premier League for sure. I think he'd be a great signing for any of the big teams. Yeah, I still think, I mean, I know Conte loves him. I think it's just, for, for Chelsea, it's just a question of whether Costa will agree to sod off. <laughs> because if he does, I, I think they'll get him. I think which, they'll get Morata. Which is weird, he may not do that now. Yeah. On, on that note, should we even ask predictions? Yeah, we might as well. Uh, so tough to call this one. I, I just For the neutrals, uh, I would ask you to pray that Real score first. <laughs> <laughs> just from a neutral point of view, because if Juventus score first, point. they're yeah. going to hunker down and it, it won't be fun. It'll be like the 2014 final against Atletico all over again. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a high-scoring, entertaining affair. Uh, Real win 3-2 yeah no it's, it's, a, it's a crazy prediction but I, I see someone like Morata or James coming on as a sub and winning the game and making it awkward for Florentino Perez because he wants to sell both of them something <laughs> <laughs> like that happening James winning the game for Real Madrid makes it awkward for everyone yeah. like we've all <laughs> yeah. been able to decide that he's not very good yes. and then, you know yeah and uh, I expect Dani Alves to have a great game oh, for sure. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure uh, the battle between him and Marcelo will be oh. amazing Man, there are so many t- yeah. stories with defenders who game. can't defend, but yeah. are brilliant they're, going they're forward. They're playmakers who play it when yeah. wing back. They play from left back yes. and right back rather than. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with. I'll let Alex have the last word, uh, since he always has the first word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with 1 1, and this will go to penalties. And I believe Ronaldo will just score the winning penalty and take off his shirt, probably after not doing all that much in the final, even though. He is my favorite player in the world. Fair enough. Yeah. I am going with the best nil-nil the world has ever seen. Gigi Buffon. The world is ever. Yeah. <laughs> Gigi Buffon to save a penalty and Juventus win. But who gets the one before? Is it Higuain? Oh. Some, it somehow it's going to be someone silly like Quadrado. Nick <laughs> <laughs> <Lick> Steiner. <laughs> yeah. Nick Steiner off the bench scores the winning penalty. Anyway, Raul, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Fascinating. We didn't even have time to talk about TFC's 5-0 romp of Columbus, but that's how much the European season is important to us. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you, you are going to talk about that? No, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, that happened and that was fantastic and Victor Vasquez is amazing and no Jovinko and yay, go TFC. All of those things are true. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, again, Raul, thank you for joining us. Bernie, I will definitely see you next week. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, we'll get together for the Champions League and and tweet some stuff. So watch out for that. All right. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.